freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 246 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd, and Dan, the other guy who is usually sitting right next to me, is out on assignment, which means he's actually on a a road trip uh, securing some ammo for our gun shop. It's ammo's a little hard to find these days, and so he has uh, had to actually uh, go get in his truck and, and make a journey to do that. So he is off doing important things and we do miss having him here. So I'm, I'm running solo, but not totally solo because of course my guest today is here with us, John Petrolino. John is a U.S. Merchant Marine officer, writer, and author whose work on the Second Amendment has been featured in Ammo Land and Bearing Arms, among other places. John is currently living under and under's the right word, and working to change New Jersey's draconian and unconstitutional gun laws. He is the author of Decoding Firearms, an easy-to-read guide on general gun safety and use. What an important thing right now at this present moment in time. Welcome to the show, John. Hi, Cheryl. It's It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that uh, not only that I know you, but to actually have this piece of work in my hands. And I did say your name correctly? That's correct. Yep. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward, but if somebody can screw up a name, it's me. So I wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be sure. Um, so decoding firearms. Uh, and I love how you almost kind of have like this matrix cover going on here. You know, like, uh, it can seem like a mysterious world, uh, but you have done such a beautiful job of, of just kind of breaking it down into, into these binary codes, you know, these, these easy to decipher, um, paragraphs, I mean, uh, chapters, um, and you place emphasis, uh, in, in one of the chapters on, um, sanitary, measures. That's not something that we normally put together with, with gun ownership, you know, gun ownership and, and being sanitary, but it's so, it's kind of a hot topic right now with uh, COVID still being uh, in our midst. We are sitting in the studio on Monday, August 24th of 2020. COVID is still very much a part of our lives. Um, kind of break that down for us. Uh, not only how did you, wh- what made you decide to write this book and 
what's the deal with sanitary? <laughs> okay. So the, the book was basically born out of a, uh, a class that I had written a couple of years ago. And uh, it's kind of a long story. And I was working on somebody else's book, editing it for him. And while I was going through that, I wrote the class to says, you know what, I need a book to go with my class. And so I started writing Decoding Firearms. And I figured it would be like an easy little pamphlet to give to students, just something small, a biblet of sorts. And uh, once I got writing, as you could see, it kind of took off. And there it is at 266 pages. And uh, it's not just a little pamphlet. Uh, one of the things, and you were talking about the sanitary measures and considerations, something that I've noticed in other classes and also in other books, there's usually a small little statement there that says, you know, you know, be careful with lead exposure. And there might be a statement for pregnant and nursing mothers to consult their physician. And that's kind of where it all gets left. Um, in chapter one and then subsequently to that and in a later on chapter, I talk about a little bit more about how you get exposed to lead and how it can enter your body and chemicals as well. Because we have oils, we have solvents, we have all these other things on our firearms. And I thought it was such an important thing that it got its own chapter to at least explain and bring an awareness to some of the topics that once you go to the range, the things that end up on your body, on your clothes, on your shoes, your hands, your cell phones, everything, that's coming home with you. And then once you go to your house, you don't want to traipse that stuff through your home. You don't want to sit on your couch and expose children or your loved ones or pets to any of that stuff that's on there. So I went ahead and took the uh, opportunity to write a little bit about that. And it turned out to be an entire chapter on that. And uh, some of the other things that I talk about, right, and we discuss the um, use of cigars and smoking and tobacco and eating and drinking. If we're going to do these things, we want to have clean hands, clean face. We don't want to introduce the stuff into the body. Mm -hmm. um, right. And uh, another area where this is of particular importance is if you go to an indoor range. Mm -hmm. Now, when you New Jersey, if you're not a member of one of the few outdoor clubs or ranges that there are, you've got to shoot at an indoor range. There's a whole slew of things that you can run into at an indoor range. Now, we have one of the most premier uh, shooting ranges, indoor ranges. It's the Woodland, Heart, uh, Woodland Park range. It's the Gun for Hire range up in Woodland Park, and they have top-notch uh, ventilation systems. They have sticky mats for your feet. They have D-lead soap, these are all things that safeguard you from further exposure. And ventilation's a big thing too, because if you have bad ventilation in your range, all of that air and that turbulence, it just stirs up the lead dust and all of that, and you get exposed, and there are problems with that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so important because gun safety, we usually think about you know, keeping your finger off the trigger and pointing it in a safe direction, but there is more to it. There, there are these contaminants that uh, they're invisible, and so we we tend to not give them the respect and and um, attention that that they deserve. So I love that you place that in there, and I mean that right there sets your book apart. Um, but 
and, and I can mention several things that I think are important. You have a glossary in here because sometimes we use terminology that, you know, we think everybody understands what we're talking about, but we're not very effective communicators if we're using lingo, right? Or, or word choices that are, are not familiar to other people or could have a different meaning in a different setting, right? And so you've broken it down. You've got this wonderful glossary um, in, in the back. I think that definitely sets you apart. You have spent some time talking about uh, the Second Amendment, which is the, the enumerated uh, way that, that we have protected our, our rights to keep and bear arms, which of course is found in our uh, Bill of Rights, which is found in our Constitution. I don't know that a lot of books spend time talking about that. But what would you say uh, you feel really sets this book apart from maybe some of the other training books out there? So the, if you go and look into different books and how-tos of shooting, a lot of times you might run into a book and it's just going to be focusing on handguns, just on rifles, just on shotguns. So one of the things I did with decoding firearms, because it was supposed to be left loose and open so that if you wanted to take a class that goes with this, um, you could do it with a shotgun, a rifle, or a pistol and get a lot of the same information. So on the book itself in particular, I did go out of my way to discuss shotguns, discuss rifles, discuss pistols, and go over as many practical, and, and you've had a chance to thumb through the book. There's a lot yeah. of information in there. And to keep it as practical as possible, where you're discussing pump action long guns, and you're also discussing break action guns, and you're talking about semi-automatics, whether they're long guns or if they're handguns, revolvers are covered. So a new person to the world of firearms can pick this up and kind of get a fillet of some of what they may encounter. Now, it's not everything, but I tried to cover as much as possible. Well, you've done such a great job. You've mentioned how to interact with children and firearms. Uh, that's something that is very near and dear to my heart as a grandma, as a mom and a grandma. Um, you know, we there's too many people, I think, out there that have the mindset that well, we don't own guns in our house, so why do my kids need to know anything about them other than to fear them and have a, an intense phobia of them? And, you know, I say, well, you know, just because I don't have a swimming pool in my backyard doesn't mean that I didn't take time to teach my kids how to swim. Um, so I like that you've taken the time in your, in your book to uh, kind of break that down a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about the idea of, of children and firearms? Oh, absolutely. So, and it is, and it's an incredibly important subject. And in the book, I even raise up the point, like you say, is if this is your home and this is how you want to conduct businesses, we, we don't have firearms. This is not a big deal. We just teach them guns are bad. That's it. Okay, we don't have guns or teach them nothing about firearms because you don't have them in the home. That doesn't change what we don't have control over. And we don't have control over the majority of the world. So if your child would go to a friend's house or something like that, and one of their parents at that home was not a responsible gun owner and they maybe don't store firearms the way you would or I would. And, and hey, that's a very personal subject. How you store your firearms 
it's your own business and it's the business of statute because you want to be legal and then your moral obligations and your moral obligations are to keep firearms out of the hands of children and also those that are disqualified. Mm -hmm. So let's say bad example, I'm going to use little Johnny. That's my son's name. Uh, but little Johnny goes to play at somebody's house and then they, they run into a firearm. He needs to know that he's not to play with it and to go and get an adult immediately. And that's, what's really important. So you could be anti-gun all of this and everything, but your child can still run into a firearm and the whole cliche run into a firearm at a park thing that can happen in mm -hmm. different areas. If somebody's, mm -hmm looking to dispatch a firearm or a weapon and get rid of it in a hurry, they can end up in a park. And I know that sounds cliche, but that's why we need to teach our children to stay away from them unless they're with mom and dad or, you know, the proper adult figure. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of years ago in a, I don't know, it was a, a high end um, department store, uh, I think it was a, a police officer, a lady police officer had gone in and, you know, tried on some clothes and somehow managed to leave her firearm behind in the dressing room. And so then the next mom that, that came in with uh, her, her son, I think it was, um, the, the little boy saw it there, picked it up. And so these things can't happen. And so neither mom nor child knew what to do in that situation and a simple eddie eagle right nra eddie right. eagle class would have taught them stop don't touch run away and tell an adult now the adult was in the room but right. you know tell somebody who who maybe has some some degree of knowledge about okay now what do we do so right. um so i think right. that's super important and i love being a second amendment advocate myself i love 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 that you took the time to talk about and then feature some uh second amendment advocates and i definitely recognize that one guy in the center there tony simon uh awesome guy a uh, friend of mine uh you also mentioned mark cheeseman and jay factor and uh they are speaking in front of um the uh, New Jersey uh, legislative building. And right. this is an important part. If we, you know, just owning guns is one thing, but understanding our, our legal rights and, and how to protect those rights that just slowly get eroded and chipped and chipped and chipped away over time. That is so important. And um, so what is your, what was the, the reason uh, that you realized how important that was to include in a book about decoding firearms. Somebody might think this is just about the tools and equipment, but you've gone a step further for sure. Right. And I did try to keep the book as apolitical as possible. Mm -hmm. And even the chapter on the second amendment, I did not try to make any, you know, gross statements politically other mm -hmm. than this is about the second amendment. Mm -hmm. Um, Tony Simon that you bring him up was recently talking in an interview and he had said that the advocates in New Jersey and the gun owners that become advocates really ramp it up and they, they go really hard. And the reason why I think that is, is because in a state like New Jersey, we have so many laws and we have so many ridiculous laws and we have so many restrictions that once you enter into this world, 
you see how onerous it is to become a gun owner and be a gun owner in the state of New Jersey. And you, you can have a new person come talk to you about wanting to become a firearms owner or user. And they'll start asking questions like, well, what do you mean I can't keep it in my car? Or what do you mean I can't carry? It says, well, that's the law. And that's the law that's been slowly changing year by year, chipping away at our rights. And it's the salami uh, effect where they're slicing the salami one bit at a time. If I ask you for your salami, you're not going to give it to me. But if I ask for one slice, you're a generous person. You're going to give me a slice. The same analogy that was used uh, recently on one of your shows was the frog in the pot slowly turning up the temperature on the water as we boil the frog. And New Jersey, once you become a gun owner, you're a frog in a hot pot and you realize it quickly. Mm. And I think that's the whole thing with New Jersey gun owners and ones that become advocates. So part of the book with the decoding firearms and the safety aspect is I wanted to introduce the readers a little bit to advocacy and what mm -hmm. the Second Amendment is, what it means, what the Heller decision means, and going forward, how you can safeguard that and mm -hmm. what the implications are big picture. Absolutely. I've never heard the salami uh, analogy before, but it's so fitting. It's so true. Uh, I'm not going to give you my whole sandwich or, or whatever, no. but yeah, I, I'll give you a little, a little bite. Um, and I, I hate so much that the minute we say something about the second amendment, we feel like we have to um, almost apologize that, oh, now we're talking political. No, we're right. not. Right. No. It was written in our constitution, in our bill of rights, which is a completely non-political document. It is for everyone. And it's the politicians who have uh, created this um, political football kind of scenario with our, our rights to where people have bought into, well, if I have a, you know, Democrat, if I have a D on my chest, right. then, you know, I, the founding fathers were totally wrong about all of this. And if I have an R on my chest for Republican, then People think, especially if you're a politician, people think automatically they will support every, every syllable of your rights. And neither is true. Neither is actually true. And we need to, uh, once again, pull our, our founding documents into that neutral space that where they really belong. Um, but uh, yeah, so then I got on soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. And you're right. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, it's for everybody. White, black, yellow, green, purple. It does not matter. Man, woman, straight, cis, homosexual. It doesn't matter. These are our rights together as Americans. And the minute we start actually looking at each other as Americans, like we're Americans together, forget the Democrat, forget the Republican. We're Americans. These are our rights so now we could go forward. Absolutely. And to value, to understand that uh, there were people like you and I, they were shopkeepers, they were, you know, just moms and dads, farmers who, who fought, bled, starved, and died to, to secure the right to even put pen to paper for those rights. And so then for us to start salami slicing it off, it makes it so much more 
um, egregious in our minds when we really understand and value how those those words even came to be on a page um, and and really start protecting them. And if that means that you have to show up at the voting booth, which it does mean that nowadays, then that's what it means. And and to to do everything you can to elect people that understand and value the oath that they take. Every single elected official takes an oath to support those things and then immediately right. runs off and starts doing the political thing. And, and it's like, it, it's really mind boggling and we are in a, an election season. So I think it's kind of top of mind uh, more so even for me. For sure. <laughs> And I'm, I'm scanning through your book and I'm seeing so many great photos and illustrations, which, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. I think they're worth more than that because especially when we're talking about things that are unfamiliar to us, it's so hard to, to paint word pictures. Whereas if you can just, you know, put a photograph in there, then people go, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I get it now. So um, a, a well-illustrated book is so important uh, when we're talking about stuff like this. Uh, and I, I appreciate that you, you thought about that. Was there, a, uh, are you the photographer or did you have to hire a, <laughs> a professional? Um, there's over 115 illustrations and by illustrations, most of them are photographs. And of those photographs, I took, probably 90% of the photographs. So if you're looking at that one picture there with the uh, single action firearm, that, that's my hand and I'm taking the picture with the camera at the other. And then I went back afterwards and I edited out the background. So it looks like it's a studio photo, but I think that one I took in my dining room, for example. Um, so all of the illustrations and photos I, I did them and then a couple on ammunition photos a friend of mine had sent me because um, he was able to get me a little bit more than I was able to do at the time. And other than that, the ones that I'm in, obviously I didn't take, but yeah, those are all photos that, you know, I took and labeled and edited. That's so, so there's no, important. There's no, stock, there's no stock photo in there. So I didn't end up paying anybody for anything in there. Uh, Liberty Home Concealment, they gave me some photos of some of their furniture, which was not um, practical for me to get my hands on. But mm -hmm. other than that, yeah, it was all original work specifically for the book. That was uh, this one that I was holding up that I love right, the yeah. idea of uh, just taking any item that you would normally have in your house and then making, uh, making it a clever safe, you know. Sure. Uh, so your guns are close at hand, but yet uh, out of the hands of, of children and, and adults who don't know how to handle them. Uh, it just keeps us all safe. And then all these um, labelings of things that, again, when we're not, when we're talking to people that are unfamiliar with, with the tools and, and the sport, uh, and we say something like the breach, right? Well, what the heck is a breach, right? That could mean a bunch of different things in different industries and in different fields. And so when you've broken it down and made it very um, clear and then the caliber sizes on the bullets, that is, that is useful. Honestly, uh, when I was having a conversation with someone that is, 
only marginally uh, familiar with, with guns at all, but had a head full of misinformation that uh, had been gathered from the nightly news, in air quotes. And the, the comment was, well, nobody needs one of those AR-15s because uh, you can't even hunt with it because if you shot a bird with it, it would, the bird would explode into a million pieces. Right. And I mean, I didn't know where to start because there wasn't an invitation to counter the comment and I didn't want to be argumentative, but um, I did figure out a way to come around to, to say, well, the, the size of the projectile that comes out of, out of an AR-15 is, you know, similar to a 22, which this person was familiar with a 22. And that was, they, this person didn't understand that, didn't realize that. And so you've got right. this illustration here. That's going to be a lot less words for, for someone to have to say if they can just go, well, let's just open this book here. Right, exactly. So that's, uh, knowledge is power for sure. So, um, you know, we have so many, I millions upon millions of brand new first time gun owners. And so, uh, especially somebody that has a, a gun shop, like I do, that we are interacting with these people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And it is such a privilege for us because myself, my husband and my staff, we all consider ourselves teachers. We, we say we've never sold a gun in our lives. We are serving people and helping them decide, you know, what tool is right. If any tool is right, sometimes the answer is they're not ready at all. Right. But then to be able to give them not only, you know, the, the name of a, a local trainer, but also this really this 101 uh, course on what does this mean and what is that piece of the gun and you know I hear people say use this phrase uh, that's so powerful that's so such an amazing tool and I, I appreciate you so much for putting this together and that it landed right now at this particular moment in history I mean you couldn't have timed it better um, but what would you say if you had the one piece of advice that you wanted every listener to walk away with, especially somebody that's one of those first time gun owners, what would you say that is? Definitely get training, uh, hands down, 100% training. And in the form of meeting with a trainer in the flesh would be the best thing that you can do. If not, yes, uh, a book like mine or other books. Hey, look, buy a book. I want you to buy my book. Um, but if you find another book that you like and want to tell me about it, shoot me an email or something. But definitely training and education because we want you all to be safe. I want you to come home from the range with the same number of holes in you that you started the day with. And if you're deciding to take on uh, firearm ownership, for protection of self at your home or concealed carry, or if you're a, a store owner and you've decided that you now need to be armed in your store, whatever it may be, you absolutely need to train and get a class under your belt and practice, practice, practice. That's my number one piece of advice. Absolutely. And it's so, so well said and well placed. And uh, just one more thing before we start wrapping up. I noticed that at the very, very beginning of your book in the table of contents, you've listed the uh, suicide prevention hotline. 
Now that's something that, uh, because I, my training's in psychology and counseling, that's what my degrees are in, because I am connected with a, a Walk the Talk America organization and the work that they're doing to, to help with mental health uh, across the nation and tie it in with gun ownership. I so value that you have taken that step. Um, have you gotten, are there people that, that feel funny about you doing that or do, for the most part, do people understand how important that I think is? You're, I think you're the first person that, that really commented on it. Maybe one other person commented on it, uh, but you're the only person that commented on it and it's, it's a positive comment. The, the fact of the matter is the majority of deaths due to firearms are in the way of suicide and that's not to diminish the firearm death number, but you can take that statistic and you have to put that aside. This is a suicide problem and it's a mental health issue. And these are people that need help. And does that count as a firearm death? Not when you have states like Connecticut where they found that with their new red flag laws confiscating mm -hmm. the firearms, the number of suicides overall have gone up. Mm. Okay. So the number of firearm related suicides have gone down, but the number of suicides have gone up. Where's the correlation there? And maybe mm -hmm. if you've aggravated a gun owner and is a red flag scenario, took their guns away. Maybe that's a, a suicide that's now happening that wouldn't have happened because now they're even more upset because you've, you've taken their property. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that suicidal people should keep their firearms. I don't think they should. I think that we have a mental health issue yes. above all and everything else. Yes. And there's no one size fits all for anything. Um, so to have a, a tool in our hands that uh, suicide prevention hotline uh, so that people can help themselves and we firearms owners are very much of the uh, Lone Ranger, John Wayne mindset that we, we right. do want to help ourselves. And the more tools that we can have in that endeavor, the better. And, uh, you know, we can spend, uh, which we do actually on Gun Freedom, we spent show after show talking uh, with Michael Sodini, who's the founder of Walk the Talk America, who is, is really kind of pioneering in this, this area of, all right, look, gun owners uh, are afraid of mental health professionals because they have so much, you know, power with the red flag gun laws and that sort of thing. And mental health professionals maybe don't quite get this whole gun owner thing uh, and, and helping those two communities, uh, you know, bridge them and help them understand each other better. And then in your uh, Decoding Firearms book to have that hotline right there in our hands, right there on the bookshelf, um, easy access to that. That's only a good thing. And I, I really, really appreciate that you've done that. All right. Well, as we start wrapping up, tell folks how can they also get one of these uh, awesome books in their hands? Okay, so Decoding Firearms, you can get it on Amazon. If you just go to Amazon and type in Decoding Firearms, it should pop up. It's available as a paperback, uh, which is 266 pages, and that's what we have there on the screen. 
And uh, it's also available as a Kindle in electronic form, if that's your thing. Uh, I will say the Kindle copy, the illustrations are all in color. So plus or minus, whatever gets you going. Uh, not that the black and white pictures, I, I don't feel that takes away from the text. Mm -mm. Um, but if you want color, you can get it electronically. And the other place where you can just read more about the book or myself, if you go directly to my website, which is johnpetrolino.com. So it's www.johnpetrolino.com. And there's a section in there about decoding firearms and you could click on it and there's uh, information about the book. There's interviews there. There's reviews. There's a link to the Amazon uh, post as well, where you can go directly to Amazon to purchase the book. And um, the website also has some other articles and things that I've written that you can access as well as an area where you can contact me. So if you just go to the contact me section, if you want to shoot me an email, just fill out the web form and I'll get that directly into my inbox. And I'm also on uh, Instagram and, uh, and Twitter as well. You can find me all on the website. There's, there's links to it there. Fantastic. Well, I don't know how you have time to do all of that and be a U.S. Merchant Marine officer, but we appreciate so much that you have uh, put your energy, your time and your energy into this kind of work. Um, and uh, I think I've caught you in between missions, right? <laughs> yes, you have. So I am home right now, and I'll be going back, and back and forth is what I do. So That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk with us and for uh, putting uh, pen to paper, however it's done these days, right? Uh, key, uh, fingers to keyboard to uh, put this book together because, again, the timing could not be more important. We appreciate you, John Petrolino, author of Decoding Firearms. Uh, thank you, Cheryl. It was a pleasure to be with you today. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Seriously, this is a thick, a thick and heavy book, and it's one that you're going to re refer to, I think, over and over and over again. Some of it is super basic which, you know, if you're already a gun owner, you, you might, you know, scan right past those pages. But um, for uh, people that are brand new to this world, what a treasure trove of, you know, just privately, you don't have to admit if you just learned something brand new or not. Uh, <laughs> so perusing the book. And um, again, to talk about our responsibilities uh, to protect our Second Amendment and the advocacy that is so important to, um, to maintaining and making sure that the next generation, when we hand this world off to our children and our grandchildren, if we haven't done everything we can to protect and defend our constitutional rights, then what, what have we been doing, right? I mean, it's, it's really up to us, and uh, I value so much the people that take that seriously and, and put their, their mouth, their money where their mouth is, and their mouth where their money is. <laughs> so anyway, um, again, this is the part of the show where I really miss Dan, the other guy, because we usually unpack what we talked about on the show, and 
and some things that might be going on uh, coming up in the near future. And, and he is out doing important work, uh, but I sure miss having him as my uh, co-driver here. And I hope that we don't do this ever again. We'll get our schedules lined up better in the future. But uh, until next time, uh, I want to just appreciate and thank our awesome listeners. Truly, uh, what you do with this information is everything. I love these conversations. We enjoy these, um, these chat sessions that we have here in front of microphones, but then when you listen and then you take that information into your world and into your spheres of influence, that's everything. So thank you so much for all that you do in keeping the message moving forward and impacting the world around us, especially as we are entering this election season when uh, people are going to have questions. They're going to be thinking in different ways about what does that mean that, you know, this one whole political party is about reaching into your home and taking something you own just because it happens to be a gun. Uh, what does that mean? Like, how do I, how should I feel about that? And should that affect the way that I vote? Um, because there's this other party that not every single person who ascribes to the Republican party is truly taking their constitutional oaths seriously. But um, what does that even mean? What is, what, how many people out there have actually taken the time? Be honest, because you're in the privacy of your home or your car listening. Be honest. Who has taken the time to read this document? Look how thin that is. It's like, I mean, it's less than 50 pages. It's a pocket. It fits in your pocket. It takes like an hour to an hour and a half, cover to cover, to read the founding documents, our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, to know it for yourself. Don't let others interpret it for you. Know it for yourself. Do that one honor to our founding fathers, as imperfect as they were. Do them that honor to at least read the words that they fought for to even get the right to write it and then fought over what would actually be written. It's a, it's a fascinating time in history. And uh, they, were, they were some very, truly inspired human beings that, that battled all of that out. And we are the, the recipients. We, uh, we, are, we have inherited free of charge all of that. And the least we can do is read it and take it seriously and do what we can to defend it, um, in, even with our votes, even with our votes, maybe especially with our votes um, when we're in a season like this, uh, when so much of our Second Amendment is hanging in the balance between those two parties and, and the way that they're uh, thinking about our rights. So thank you to our awesome listeners. Thank you to our amazing guest, John Petrolino, and again, his book, Decoding Firearms, uh, an easy-to-read guide. It really is an easy-to-read guide on gun safety and use, and I love how his, um, his uh, table of contents is really just laid out so um, bite-sized so easy to find the exact thing that you're you're wanting to narrow in on and go to that page and until next time please you know i say this every week pray for our nation but i mean it 
I truly believe that we are in a, a spiritual battle. And if you are not a person of faith and that, that, that phrase spiritual battle sounds woo woo to you, then just think about we are in a battle for the spirit of our nation, the American spirit. There is a, a true battle going on out there, a war of words and ideals and values. And, um, yeah, we are in a spiritual battle. So um, if you are inclined to pray, I, I ask you to please pray for our nation, pray for the, our world, really. Pray for our leaders, our representatives, um, the people that are, whether they're, they're engaging as public servants or whether they are engaging as, you know, a, a ruler of some sort, um, a pure politician, they need your prayers because they either need encouragement or maybe a chance to realign themselves with what their constitutional oath would have them to do. Um, that's it. All of them, even the ones you don't like, and maybe especially the ones you don't like, that they all need your prayers. Um, and until next time, uh, be good to each other. Have a great week and 